Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Do you know who Jotham is? We are in the book of Judges in chapter 9. We were talking about Gideon yesterday, how he was hiding food because the Midianites are attacking and he's visited by the Lord and the angel of the Lord calls him champion. And we see how he wrestles with his new identity, but he succeeds. He wins many victories for the Lord and he refuses to establish a dynasty for himself or his son. He's got 70 of them. And Abimelech, who is half a son to Jotham, I'm sorry, half a brother to Jotham, kills the 70 sons that Gideon had had with concubines and, and uh, except Jotham. So we find the citizens of Shechem are coming out to the, to the tree where there is a memorial pillar that had been established there by Joshua. We talked about that a few days ago. And we find that Jotham is looking at this crowning of a king and he is giving out a curse. And he uses it by uh, drawing on the imagery of four, of four trees. First, he says there was sort of a, a gathering of trees and they wanted to anoint a king for themselves and they try first with the olive tree and say rain over us but the the olive tree doesn't want to give up the rich oil and doesn't want to do it so then they go to the fig tree the trees say come on rain over us and doesn't want to give up the sweetness and the good fruit so doesn't want to be a king either and then they come to the vine and and ask rain over us and the vine says no I am not ready for that. So they finally come to the buckthorn, which is fruitless and has thorns and is not a pretty tree. So it doesn't have anything except thorns. And then this is the one that is going to become the king. So it is a way of insulting and in a way cursing because we know that thorns are used at the beginning in Genesis when God says to the man, you know, you'll toil over the land and and it will produce thorns. So we are used to the parables from Jesus, but here we have one that uses all this imagery that would have been very, very clear for the Jewish people, and at the same time is letting Abimelech know you are not fruitful, you are not anointed, you are not kingly. Uh, you have usurped the power and you will not be blessed. Jotham ends up becoming a king. He rules for a number of years later on. But for now, Abimelech is going to do it. So we have begun now the period where some of the kings are terrible and some of the kings are good. And Jotham will be one of the good kings. In Psalm 21, we have a refrain, Lord, in your strength, the king is glad. Are you with Jotham connected to the Lord, allowing your gladness and your strength to come from the Lord? This is the psalm where we can find 
that our strength and our victory coming from the Lord are the only true joy for our hearts. The um, the Lord says, "Great is His victory, His glory in great is your is His." <laughs> Sorry, I am reading it upside down. Great is His glory in your victory, majesty and splendor you conferred upon them. You made him a blessing forever. You glad, gladden him with the joy of your face. So talking about a king that delights in the Lord. And we come to Matthew 20, the gospel reading for today, where we find Jesus telling another parable. Don't you love how the church pairs the stories in a way that is so fruitful for us to ponder and really know the word of God? This parable says the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard and agrees to the usual daily wedge, I'm sorry, wage and sends them into the vineyard. You can tell I'm tired today. I'm tired. And then goes out at nine and goes around noon again and at three and at five. And, and at each time he finds some workers and lets them come to work. And then he pays them all the same. And some of the people that had come early are complaining, saying, how can you do this? This is not fair. Some people only worked one hour. But the uh, owner says, I'm not cheating you. You agreed to this and I'm paying you this. So we've got these two parables, one in which Jotham is selling something to the king using imagery that would, would have been very meaningful. And here's Jesus using the same technique and telling them, all of us are going to be telling the you know the Israelites of the time, all of you are going to be called on to work in the vineyard of the Lord. Some of you right now, some of you throughout the ages into, uh, you know, a long time from now, I will come back. He doesn't tell us when, but we've seen centuries pass by and some that walked close to Jesus are um, martyred, others continue spreading the gospel into far reaches of the earth. And now here we are, a couple thousand years later, still receiving the word, still on mission, still walking in under the uh, blessing and the anointing of the Lord. So how do you take these two readings and apply them to your own life? Are you following the inspirations of God? Are you following the commands that he has for you? Are you following the anointing that he is wanting to deliver for your life? If he has made you a promise, are you waiting on that promise? It's not easy. It's not easy to do these things. Even the very best people in the Bible falter. It is so great that we have their example to know that Lord is the Lord is merciful and we can come back to him. Jesus is letting, letting us know the kingdom needs workers and he keeps calling us to work and he's going to assign a particular mission to each of us and he's going to give us authority to actually deliver on that mission. We just Our job is to, just to remain aligned with the word of God, with his will, with his, with his presence and then take action. He's calling us to take action, friends. He's calling us to take that knowledge that we've been acquiring, all of that, and actually put it into word and deed so that others can know about him, so that the world can come under the authority of God. So let us go to the throne. Father, we know that your word is living and effective. We know that through your word we can discern 
the reflections and thoughts of our heart. Allow your word to protect us, Father, from head to toe. We cover ourselves in the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and we rebuke any spirit that may be willing to come against us, Father. Allow St. Michael the Archangel to defend us in battle and our guardian angels to guard us in all of our ways. Protect our families and our work. Protect our dreams. Protect our hearts, minds, and our bodies. Allow us, Father, to be obedient to your will, to be courageous, to work under your gaze in your vineyard. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.